When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now, with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Houghton. Welcome back. It is time for Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. It is Tuesday. How's your week started, Raider Nation? We're going to get into some Raiders news and views, but do us a favor before we get started. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to this audio. You can subscribe. Make sure you turn on the auto download. That way, every time a new episode is available, you will get it right to your phone your tablet, your computer, wherever you listen to us, we'd appreciate it uh, as you do it as well there. So our YouTube viewers, hello, and I'm glad to see you again. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, hit the notifications bell. That way you'll get notified every time we have a, a new show and a new video up. All right, it's time to get into this week's Raider Nation news and views. And to do that, of course, every time is my broadcast partner, my buddy, my friend, He's sometimes called Midtown Mo. He's sometimes called Mostradamus. But most of the time, he's called Mo Moten. He's a national NFL writer over at Bleacher Report. You can follow him on the Twitter. The Twitter. Yeah, if you're over 50, you say the Twitter. I'm just kidding. On Twitter, Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gullah. You can also follow the show at SNB Today. Mo, Listen. I, look at look. Do you see this shirt I'm wearing? If you're watching us on TV, uh, we're starting off uh, this show. We're starting off hot. The yeah, car, gonna, war, the car wars have come back just as you said they would. I, I was gonna say I was a nice Derek. Car- then I paused. I was like, uh, 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 <laughs> nice Aiden O'Connell jersey you got That's, there. It's, it's an Aiden Scott, O'Connell jersey. Yes, I'm fast. Scott is Scott is the ultimate troll, ladies and gentlemen, and he just wants you to know that he's a big fan of new number four in Raiders jersey, Aiden O'Connell. Go name Aiden O'Connell if Jimmy Garoppolo has to miss some games, miss some time. Mm. Aiden O'Connell is, is going to play, so that jersey might be handy, Scott. Yes, and the whole, I don't know if you saw the rule change, the emergency quarterback designation is back. Which is a good look if you have it a is. quarterback who's injury prone like the Raiders do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had so to bring that up again. So but we, out. but Mo, this is I'm wearing the number four jersey, the Raiders jersey. Fans always get crazy because you and I, you know, we're we're our good friend and colleague who comes on our show during the season. 
Murph and all the folks over at Raiders Fan Radio, they're fans. So they wear jerseys, they wear hats, they do all that stuff. On this show, we try to be as objective as possible. You being a journalist, me being a radio host and journalist, we we don't try to wear too much gear. We will occasionally, but it's not that thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. We just don't do it. So for me to, I hear fans all the time, you're not even wearing a jersey. Well, now I'm wearing a jersey. How do you like it? Under like different, it? under under very uh, trollistic circumstances, <laughs> I may say that you're wearing well, it. But Mo, we got to jump into this because you predicted, you predicted when Derek Carr was finally off the Raiders, he signed with the the, the Saints, so it was officially over, officially. You said it's not gonna, it's not gonna stop. It's gonna come back. You watch, it's gonna come back. Now, let me say this up front because you and I have been very consistent on this point, and that is. We wish Derek Carr the best. We hope he goes out there, does great with the Saints. He's a good dude, got no problem with him succeeding. I don't root against people succeeding. I root for other people to succeed. It's it's yeah. negative, it's negative karma, whatever you want to call it, when you try to wish bad on people. I don't wish bad on anybody, and that goes for Derek Carr. That said, this week at the NFLPA, the, the players, uh, the rookies coming in went in for the NFLPA meetings. They got their first jersey with their first name on it. And in the video, there's a video of, of Michael Mayer, which most Raider fans must not be Notre Dame fans because they, they could not believe how big he looked, how big he was, how imposing he was running onto the stadium field. I don't know where, what stadium they're at. But anyway, he comes out, he's huge. And then right after him is another Raider wearing number four. And my I add a very 70s-ish mustache. Um, and it's Aiden O'Connell. Oh my gosh, you would have thought that somebody called everybody's mother an unmentionable name because Aiden O'Connell chose number four. Mo, this is May. This is what happens when bored fan minds, bored media minds have nothing to talk about in the NFL. There is outrage over this kid wearing number four, and I just can't understand it. Okay, so a few things here. Number one, I, I don't think it's bored media. I, I just think it's angry <laughs> Derek Carr supporters because oh. I, haven't, I haven't heard this discussed in the media at all from pundits or national guys or even reporters saying, I can't believe the Raiders gave away number four to a rookie, a fourth-round rookie at that. Yep. The other thing is the anger, I think, comes from, and Raider fans, if you're in a chat, if you're listening, I'm sure you are. Correct me if I'm wrong. These are the people who are one were upset that how how the Raiders handled their car situation, benching him, then cutting him. So remember when there was talk that oh the Raiders are doing Derek Carr dirty. That's not how you treat a guy who's been a starter for nine years and the face of the franchise. Some of those same people <laughs> who had those comments back then are the same people who are upset about this jersey right now. And I, yes. and I kid you not, this is this is a situation where. Have you ever been in a relationship where everything that person does pisses you off? Like everything that person does, all of a sudden you're you're just not on good terms, and everything they do, oh, you left the toilet seat up, you didn't take the garbage <laughs> out, you didn't you didn't add the peas to the casserole. This is the same situation with the Raiders because fans, as we all know, aren't big aren't big supporters of Josh McDaniels. So anything the team does under Josh McDaniels, people are going to criticize it. So this is one of those situations where Josh McDaniels left the toilet seat up. He didn't take out the garbage. <laughs> he didn't take the kids to choir practice. And people are complaining about every little thing that he does. Yes. Uh, well, I don't know, though. I get what you're saying. And I think it's it's a plausible theory. 
Hmm. My theory is a little more straightforward. My theory is that Derek Carr fans are Derek Carr fans. Now, there's some Raider fans, like we know Justin Wendy, longtime listener. She's a Derek Carr fan, but she's a Raider fan first. She wishes Derek well. She likes the guy, and you know, nothing bad there, but she's a Raiders fan first. So she wishes him well and she moves on. There are people, and we talked about it, Mo, when this all went down, when Derek Carr got benched, that we would start to learn that there were fans who were Derek Carr fans first because maybe they were from Fresno or they were just fans of his or whatever it may be. And so they were going to not be happy with the Raiders no matter what happens. And if Derek Carr wins a Super Bowl this year, they're going to, ah, see, I told you. Or if Derek Carr does anything better than the Raiders, they're going to be back to rub it in on Raider Nation. So to me, but I get to a bigger societal issue here, Mo, and I know it's going to sound kind of crazy and more heavy, and that is people want to be outraged about everything. Never mind that the year after Cliff Branch, Cliff Branch, Cliff Branch, a Hall of Famer, okay? Much more important, with all due respect to Derek Carr, than Derek Carr is in the history of the Raiders, okay? I think we can all agree on that. The year he retired, the next year a rookie had his, or a player had his number. I don't know if it was a rookie, but a player had his number. Charles Calhoun. Woodson. Calhoun, thank you. Charles Woodson, his number, right? Okay. Bo Jackson, same thing. Okay, I know Bo Jackson's a little bit short-lived, but nonetheless, these Raider greats who all contributed to the legend of Raider Nation, who were all beloved players for the most part at Raider Nation, and who were all well-respected, this is not new. Where is, well, you could have waited a year. Why? Why? Nobody can give me. It's respect. Respect on what? They paid the man. They decided to move on. He's gone. It's time for you to move on. Why can't people move on, Mo? Because they're still fans of Derek Carr. And, and you just <laughs> said it, that I'm not saying everyone feels this way, but there are some fans out there who, who want to see Derek Carr rub it in the Raiders' faces and do well while the Raiders don't. There are also some fans like Justin Wendu who also felt like it, it, the Raiders should have waited a year. She was very respectful. I, I again, I'm was. not making I I'm not agree making with fun her, of, but I, I agree. I'm not making fun of anyone who who felt that this was disrespect. But what I will say is that Justin Wendy's Twitter comment to me was rational, and I and she brought she raised the point that this is a guy who was a face of the organization for nine years, and he has you know he holds team records, passing records, and I and I get that. But I told her, just remember how Derek Carr exited. And I said this at the top of the show. He was benched, then he was cut. So the same reverence that some fans may have for Derek Carr isn't the same reverence that Josh McDaniels and his staff is going to have for Derek mm, Carr. Number one, they, they were only with him for one year. You watched Fans have, may have watched him for nine years and said, he's my quarterback. But Josh McDaniels doesn't have that same perspective of Carr. Again, only one year with Carr. Yep. Benched him and then cut him. So whereas you see, okay, we need to wait a year to get over the Derek Carr era. Josh McDaniels is like, I'm already over it. He was only with me for a year. We've moved on. Now, and, and we don't know, too. I mean, no one has asked, and, and I don't think it's worth the time. Maybe somebody will. Mm-hmm. No one's asked Aiden O'Connell, hey, because maybe Aiden O'Connell went in there and said, hey, I'm going to take number four. And somebody at the Raider organization said, hey, uh, you know, that was Derek Carr's number, right? He just left. Yeah, I know. I know. I still want the number. Okay, great. Your choice, right? Now you can, and I don't mean to pass it on to the kid because I don't think it's disrespectful. Okay, it's not disrespectful to take a number when you're gone. One day they will honor the number like they do other Raiders. Um, they don't retire them, 
but they will honor number four and number four, like number 12, like number 34, like number 21, like number 87, which is Michael Meyer took Dave Casper's number. Okay. Those numbers will be remembered and Derek Carr will get his day in the sun for Raider Nation at Allegiant Stadium one day when he's done playing football. So I don't think there's any disrespect. Do you think Derek Carr cares? Absolutely not. I'm, I'm positive he doesn't. And I, I nobody will ask him because it's not worthy of asking. But I just think that this idea that it's somehow disrespectful and that people want to do it, it's just, it's back to the car wars. It's the same people who were angry about how everything went down. And there were some valid points to some of the questions happening around the organization. I'm not saying that's not true. But it's time to let this go this kid is going to wear number four. He might change his number. Who knows? Especially with the heat that's come down on it now. We'll see. But it's just really interesting. And I just think it's a whole lot to do about nothing. So here's the background story. Because Vinny Bonsignor of the Las Vegas Review Journal tweeted me about this. He said that Aiden O'Connell couldn't wear 16 because Jacoby Myers has 16. Mm-hmm. Right? The Raiders, uh, Raiders signed Jacoby Myers from the Patriots. He wears 16. That's Aiden O'Connell's college number at Purdue, 16. So that number was taken. Vinny also said that Aiden O'Connell won at nine, but Tyree Wilson has Tyree nine. Wilson took it. So there was a, there were a limited number of options there, and he I guess he liked four of the yeah. limited options. Now I know fans will say, "Well, pick a different number than four because you know Derek Carr was the quarterback <laughs> there. You're aware he's a smart kid. He understands who was there before him." But I will say this: that when you have an active player and he's he's technically an opponent. You're not going to show that that respect and reverence right away. Not, no. Not they respect, but that reverence right away. He's still no. an active opponent. Derek Carr right. is playing for another football team. Right. Now, again, when he retires and it's all said and done, there will be more reverence and respect paid due to his number and what he did for the organization. But right now, he's a competitor. And you yeah. can't expect an organization to operate the same way fans would when it's when it comes to sentimental value of jerseys and, and, and player names. And, and if I recall... You talk about uh, how and Vinny's Vinny's point about um, the the numbers being taken. I'm looking up the roster here again to see if they have put the numbers on there yet. But if you look at it, I know two and three are gone, right? Because remember, this year too, they changed the numbers ruling, so that's why linemen can wear single digits mm-hmm. uh, on defense and also on offense. Players other than quarterbacks and wide receivers, like running backs, Josh Jacobs changing to number eight. Right. Number eight. Symbolic. Raider Nation. Yes. (laughs) But if you look at the numbers, Marcus Epps, one, Daniel Carlson, two, DeAndre Carter, three, Divine Diablo, five, A.J. Cole, six, Brian Hoyer, seven, Jimmy Garoppolo, 10, Philip Dorsett, 11, Renfro, 13, Lacey, 14, Garbers, 15, Jacoby Meyer, 16, Devontae Adams, 17, and DJ Turner, 19. So out of the quarterback traditional numbers, there's only a few left. And four, there's, there's, uh, there's yeah, eight's gone. So you're looking at four was his option, four or 12. Okay. Some fans uh, say he should have wore 12. Yeah, 12. <laughs> which is just absolutely nuts. But anyway, <laughs> it would have been fine. But anyway, 12, and then you had um, 18. That's it. So it was it was either four or 18. He had two choices. So anyway, but that's where we're at with that. So the car wars rage on um, and they will for a while. We'll see what happens. But uh, go ahead, Mo. You get the last word on this one. As the head coach, and this is the comment that 
drew some of the iron fans I, I said what is josh mcdingles going to say hey you can't have number four because car wore it you know like, like why are you why are you making this jersey number right. sacred as as fans have said raiders don't retire jerseys so why right. restrict them right if a player wants that number okay we move on and, yeah. and even if even if we waited a year for our number for a player to wear that number what does that change? Your it, it just it just soothes your feelings. That's all. What it doesn't change anything in the grand scheme of things. It's just a non-issue. It's just something it to talk about in the offseason. Yes, and Mo, but that was my point about this outrage culture. Is people that's what the people want. They want their feel. They they're so wrapped up in feelings all the time that even with a football number, they have to let their feelings get away. It's like don't let you be a fan. Hate the coach if you want. And listen, he's got to prove himself. So I understand the dislike of Josh McDaniels. That's fine. I got no problem with the way you fan, but being outraged over a number of a rookie, it just doesn't make any a lot of sense. All right, he, go ahead. And, and as you said, he may not even have the number come week one because players are going <laughs> to change their numbers That's before. Right. There are going to be cuts and trades, and guys will be cut. Numbers. He could end up changing to number one. Who knows? Exactly. We, we exactly. don't know what'll happen. Uh, but if he's catching, I don't know if people. I don't even know if he has a Twitter account and. People are on them because you know how some of these people on Twitter, they'll go nuts, especially in the car wars. We see people get really gorilla and over the top cruel on people. So we'll see what happens. And that goes on the other side, too. I'm not saying it's not just on the one side. Anyway. All right. We're going to step aside for a quick break here on Silver and Black today. When we come back, we're going to ask the question uh, posed by our good friend Mario Tovar over at the Raider Ramble, who was going to be with us today, but unfortunately had an emergency in the family, had to cancel. So we send him our best. We're going to ask the question, were the Raiders, was Dave Ziegler, was he negligent in letting Rocky Sin go? This we hear all, and Mo have I talked about it. This team needs cornerback help. Uh, were they, were they wrong to let him go and sign in Baltimore? Should they have done more to keep him? We're going to answer that question uh, when we come back. In addition to that, I want to give a shout out to one of our very loyal listeners out in Los Angeles. That is Danny Kings. He listens to the show. He's a good friend of my friend, Baron St. John. And I just want to say yo to Danny. Thanks for listening, man. And we appreciate you very much and your loyalty. All right. When Mo and I come back, we roll on with Silver and Black today an Odyssey Original Podcast. Don't go anywhere. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Silver and Black today rolls on. We are an Odyssey original podcast. If you don't already subscribe, make sure you do that for us. Also, turn on the auto download. You can get the podcast anywhere you get the podcast. One of my favorite spots, the Odyssey app. It's killer. It's free. Not only can you get our podcast, but if you're a baseball fan, a basketball fan, whatever you're into, you can find it on the free Odyssey app. So make sure you check that out. Uh, Hardy, hello to our YouTube viewers. 
some of which I'm sure are decrying the shirt I'm wearing, but that's okay. Thank you guys. Make sure you hit subscribe and the notifications bell when we have a new video up. And of course, during the season, we're live on Sunday nights after the game as well. So those are always a blast. All right, Mo, we come back. One of the things that you and I have talked about here on the show, uh, really since the offseason, moving into the draft and after the draft, is the Raiders' need in the defensive backfield. Cornerbacks, uh, the Raiders needs help there. Rocky Sin was a guy they traded for. Remember, Yannick Gakwe went to the Indianapolis Colts. The Raiders received Rocky Sin. He had one year left on his contract. They let him walk away. He signed with Baltimore this, uh, this offseason. And so Mario Tovar over at Raider Ramble, he did a story asking the question, did Raiders GM Dave Ziegler drop the ball on not retaining Rocky Sin? Let me ask you this question. First of all, how would you characterize Yassine's performance last year in a Raiders uniform? He was he was solid. He wasn't a number one corner, a lead corner you can expect to take on a number one wide receiver on the other side of the field. But he was a solid number two, which is which is what the Raiders needed. So I understand Mario Tovar's perspective on asking the question, you know, did they make a mistake there? But what I will say is that it seemed that the Raiders had moved on. If you remember back in free agency, they signed David Long Jr., and they also signed Brandon Faison. Then you go into the draft. They waited till the fourth round to draft the cornerback. But if you read Peter King's story, Peter King spent the night with the Las Vegas Raiders in their draft room. They expect Ja'Cory and Bennett to play right away. So they have a, a rookie who they expect to play right away and two guys they picked up in free agency. It was clear to me that they had already moved on even before Yassin had signed with the Ravens for a one-year, $4 million deal. So... And also remember, Yasin finished the year with with a knee injury, I believe it was. So we don't even know what his condition is. So maybe there are questions about how well he recovered from his injury or where he is in his recovery. But clearly the Raiders thought that they they made some better options or better choices in free agency and the draft at the position. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And and it's interesting because, I listen, I like the player. We talked about it last year that uh, his time with the Colts, you know, he did well, too. He was he was well hyped out of college a big pick for them, and he suffered there with some injuries. He suffered again, like you said, at the end of the year with the Raiders. It didn't impact him most of the year, but certainly towards the end of the year it did. I just think, though, that people understand, you know, they see a guy, and like you said, he was solid. It wasn't like he was an all-pro. It wasn't like he was terrible. He was not getting burned. He wasn't toast. Uh, But at the same time, he wasn't so spectacular that they felt that they couldn't do better on the open market. And you talked about some free agents that are still out there that they could sign. I still think Mario's piece uh, at the website said that, that he felt that the Raiders um, cornerback uh, core is actually stronger than most people think. I think there are some spots there, but there are also a lot of question marks, aren't there? Right, and I, and I know I would be remiss if I didn't mention Duke Shelley because there are a lot of Raider fans yeah. out there who are big fans of Duke Shelley and think that he could be a number two after his sort of breakout year at the Minnesota Vikings last year. So that adds to my point that the Raiders just have so many other options that they were comfortable letting Rocky Rock, Sin go. But what I will say about the cornerback position on the Raiders roster is you have Nate Hobbs, who we think could be an, a lead cornerback. Now, he took a step back last year. He had a hand injury, so that was part of it. But a lot of people think Nate Hobbs is a, is a lead corner. It's the other two spots that you're worried about. Who, if, if Nate Hobbs is playing in the slot on the outside, who's going to be opposite him? And I think the rate while the Raiders do have depth at the cornerback position, 
there's still a lot to prove among the guys who can play a lot of snaps. You mentioned David Long Jr. He had some moments with the Rams, but still has a lot to prove young. Uh, Duke Shelley has one solid year at the Vikings, still a lot to prove with consistency. Oh, yeah. uh, Faison, who we saw two years ago under Gus Bradley, can he play that well under a different defensive coordinator? Because he did lead the Raiders in pass breakups that year, and I believe it was 2021. And then and Bennett, who I like out of Maryland, who I think can be a starter, obviously has a lot to prove because he hasn't played a snap with the pros. So, again, the depth is there. It's just one of those, one or two of those guys have to step up. And, of course, you have Amik Robinson, who improved under Patrick Graham last year, also has to show some consistency there. Yeah, and there was also some thought, uh, especially in the conversation here about Rocky Scene, about the fact that, well, wait a minute, the Raiders traded Ngakwe for him, and now he's gone. Well, our good friend and your colleague at Bleacher Report, Matt Holder, wrote about it and said, hey, it's pretty much a wash because Ngakwe's gone, too. He's not on the Colts anymore. So I know people like to look at a trade and say, well, but they gave up this guy. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, you were kind of swapping value there. They were kind of equally valued. Uh, and now they're both with different teams, right? They're both gone uh, from the teams that traded them to one another. And so I think you look at that. I think fans look at that. And and I I know fans are not as down on Dave Ziegler as they are on Josh McDaniels because the body of work is greater because we saw 17 weeks last year with Josh McDaniels. But I think that's a little bit of the carry over here too. It's like, the I think I find that Raider Nation just wants positive momentum. And it seems like, hey, here's a player. The fans liked him. They thought he did well. And then he's gone, and they kind of turn their ire towards the, the the franchise. But like Matt Holder pointed out, it's basically a Yannick Ngakwe is not even on a roster right now, no. which surprises me because he it has does. like eight sacks in like four or five consecutive years, and he's not yeah. on a roster, which is nuts to me. But um, pretty much the teams that made the trade, the Colts and the Raiders, neither acquisition worked out for the long term, right? right? So, but as I said, it's just a matter of. I think the Raiders play the numbers game rather than re-sign Yassin, Yassin. They felt like, okay, one of these guys has to show up and show something at, <laughs> through training camp in the preseason, and we can plug that guy in opposite Nate Hobbs while we have Amik Robinson in the slot. And that's what I think you see NFL front offices do in cases like this, Mo, is that, listen, we trust our talent evaluation. Now, whether or not they're right, we'll see, to your point, about the young talent coming in and anybody else they add. But they're, in essence, saying we're going to bet with our evaluation on a younger guy coming in who who's not going to cost us as much because they have a lot of work to do. Uh, and I still think they have work to do before July as well. And so I think that's where they're at. They're, and they're sending a signal to all of us that, look, we're good. Yeah, he's a good player. They're not. No, nobody said that Rock wasn't a good player and he, that he wasn't a good cornerback. That's not what they're saying. But they're saying we're going to trust our own evaluation. We're going to trust our own plan on what we want to do long term, and we rather save the money and do something else with it. When you go on, when you're on Twitter a lot, you see a lot. You see a lot of this where a player is kind of trumped up more than what they were. As we said, Rock Hassan was solid, but the way some people were carrying on, you'd have thought the Raiders lost a Pro Bowl cornerback. I was like, okay, <laughs> yes, it was decent, but it's not like losing, you know, Sauce Gardner or something like that. Like, <laughs> we're not talking about a top-tier player. Like, it, it's it's quite obvious, as you said, the Raiders wanted to go young or with guys, other guys who may have had a decent year last year. Like I said, Duke Shelley was solid last year. So yep. if you look at the swap off, you get a, a solid year from Duke Shelley. You get David Long Jr., who's still young and had some bright spots, and you get a young 
rookie cornerback and Jacorian Bennett, who you think could be a starter, and you say, well, the the pluses mm. outweigh the minus. Yeah, I think so. And listen, I rather see the team, not that that Rocky scene wasn't a younger player, but I rather see the Raiders go the rookie route. If they miss on a pick and the guy doesn't turn out like Bennett doesn't turn out to be the guy they want him to be, okay, they own that. But I rather see them do that because they're trying to build from the ground right there. They're trying to get a player into the system right out of college, get him into the culture, more importantly, the Raiders culture that they're building in the building, and get him from there. I rather see that than re-sign a guy who has done well but is going to get more money. So we'll see what ends up happening uh, with that one. But Mo, the other thing I wanted to talk about in this segment before we before we move on is uh, Mark Davis. So I don't know if you guys are keeping track of what's going on with the rules. We talked about the numbers. We talked about the emergency quarterback coming back. But also there is the, the proposal on the deck there with the owners for their meeting soon where the Thursday night game could be flexed. So let's say the Raiders are scheduled... Or let's say the Cowboys are scheduled on a Thursday night against someone and the Cowboys end up being 0-6. And so the NFL wants to flex them out, move them back to Sunday and move, let's say, the Raiders and the Chiefs to Thursday. That's one of the proposals on the table. Now, Mark Davis has spoken out and said no, and he's done it from the fan perspective. And we're seeing more of this, especially with some journalists and some other owners coming out and saying this, and I agree, you know, the NFL has gotten so expensive. Fans have trouble. We know this in Las Vegas. The, Las Vegas is the stadium with the highest price tickets in the league. So I feel for Raider Nation, they tell us all the time, Mo, that it's expensive. Okay. So, so it's expensive. So now Raider Nation, for example, makes plans. Let's say they have a Thursday night game, which they do. They make plans. They book their hotel in Las Vegas. They book their airfare. They get their friends to do that. Everybody's meeting in town for the game. And then the Raiders lose two in a row and the NFL decides to flex them out. And suddenly you're stuck with plane tickets you can't use. You're stuck with a hotel that you lost because it took a deposit. And fans lose significant amounts of money. Kudos to Mark Davis on this one. I don't know how the rest of the owners feel on it. But the flex thing on a Sunday or a Monday night, I understand it to a certain degree. But a Thursday night, Sunday, it's bad for fans going to games. Mark Davis is a man of the people, and that's why I think a lot of people like Mark Davis because he doesn't act like a pompous, arrogant, rich person. He looks at a lot of things from a fan perspective, and I think a lot of fans would agree with him. If I made plans, I would be pissed if then the NFL flexed out the game. And it was like, as you said, what am I going to do about my itinerary, my itinerary, my plan? So I, I get it from that perspective, but you know how the NFL works. They want the best product on the TV at any given time and sometimes at the expense of fans and fanfare. They do. And and that's the thing, though, is it's the TV money, right? Because, well, without the fans, they can't. Well, yeah, that's true. Fans spend significant amounts of money. Don't get me wrong on merchandise, everything. But TV rules the game, okay? Mm -hmm. And so I worry about that, too, because that is true. Just like if you remember during the playoffs, they were talking about the future of maybe having playoffs in a thir in a in, in a um, neutral field, right? So that you would have it. It was based this time on some other issues, but they were thinking about the fact that they might have the playoffs like they do the Super Bowl. 
and then but then you hurt local fans. So if you're a local fan in Las Vegas and you have season tickets and the Raiders make the playoffs, you get first dibs on tickets. And now suddenly they put the playoff game in L.A. or they put the playoff game in Texas. Like, how do you do that? So so I, I wonder the NFL is always going to float stuff out there. I think this is an example of that. They're floating it to see what the reaction is and to see what will happen. Uh, it also can hurt a team as well. Imagine a team uh, plays on uh, a Thursday and then suddenly their game gets flexed to the other Thursday. It just throws off schedules. It's all sorts of things. It's not impossible because you're still playing on a short week. I just think it's bad for the game. But the NFL will do what's good for the NFL and what's good for the greenbacks. So we'll have to see where it goes. They're going to tinker with things. But this, to me doesn't make sense i i just say it's bad enough that people are pushing back against thursday night games now you're gonna flex them and, and possibly you know kind of i don't want to say ruin people's schedule kind of change them under short not under short notice but change them because i did i did see something where they said it would give them a certain amount of days notice before they just flex this it wouldn't be like okay monday we're making this announcement that your flex your game has been flexed from sunday gonna, to thursday yeah. right they're gonna give them weeks in advance but i think still it's it's just rough as you said fans who make their plans months and months in advance yeah that's that's the big rub there and i just don't unless they have a way to make fans whole which they don't control the airlines so they can't do that because <laughs> a lot of raider nation flies all over the country a lot of fans from the nfl from teams fly over the country to go see their team so we'll see but but kudos to mark davis for bringing up that discussion point and representing the fans as an owner because most owners Really don't pay much attention to the fans. So anyway, okay, we're going to step aside for our final break. When we come back, Mo and I will close out the show. We're going to talk about another story that just won't die for Raider Nation. What is that? We'll get back to it when we return here on Silver and Black Today, an Aussie original podcast. Stay with us as we roll on. Welcome back. It's time for the home stretch here on this Tuesday. Gladly, I'll pay you a hamburger Tuesday. No, what does it go? Popeye. Do you remember the old Popeye? No, you're too young. Uh, <laughs> that's the I'll 40 and up crowd 45 uh, and up crowd it is yeah you made fun of us old guys on the on the twitter this week mm -hmm, mm -hmm, i got gotcha. you that was the brian hoyer comment he's not 53 <laughs> he's not 53 come on now all right i welcome said 57 back. by the way oh 57 that's right but, okay but. you got it all right uh, the guy making all of the terrible comments about older people, aging folks in America <laughs> is Mo Moten. He is a national NFL writer over at Bleacher Report. You can follow him at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. That's Mo Moten on Twitter. Also follow his work on SportsNot.com where he's the Raiders columnist. Mo, it's Tuesday. What do you got coming up this week on the old websites? Uh, sports night. I think I mentioned it last week. I'm going to go over some storylines going to OTAs. If you haven't realized, or if you've been living under a rock, OTA started this week for most teams. If not, I think all teams, uh, they're going to have, I believe two or three days of OTAs and a break, then another two, three days and so on and so forth up until mid June. So I'll just get into some of the things that you should be paying attention to. It's a lot of just position personnel groupings mm. where a guy lines up i think is very important where he starts that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to end there right. but where he starts is where probably the coach staff feel he he's the best fit i also have a column coming out on bleacher report about guys who could make an all pro leap there are maybe there's one guy that was in consideration in that piece so you might want to check it out see if he made it or not one raider you mean Absolutely. One Raider okay. player that's probably, not probably, is the best player on that defense. Oh. So you may be familiar with him. 
Yes. May have made the list. May have made Tanner Muse. Oh, no, he's not on the team anymore. Sorry. Chandler Jones. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, we're full of salt. And vinegar today. All right. Make sure, make sure you go to those websites, Bleacher Report and to sportsnot.com to check out Mo's stuff this week. Mo, so here's the other thing we talked about. I don't have a number 17 jersey, so I couldn't wear that one. I could only wear the number four jersey on the show for those of you who are not watching and listening. If you're not listening, subscribe to the podcast. If you're watching, subscribe and hit the notifications bell. Um, but is this I this Devontae story, uh, Adams story about Devontae Adams saying he wasn't on the same page on the off uh, about the offense with the the team? Um, it kind of was answered, uh, and and I thought kind of put to bed because it's like, well, yeah, he's talking about that. But we talked about it on the last show. We said, listen, that's leadership. You step up. That does not mean you want to be traded. Now we see, especially national media, picking it up, floating headlines, and I know it's good clicks. Could Devontae Adams be traded before June 1st? All this stuff, the Devontae Adams trade, and the Devontae Adams, the discontent, and I know, listen, a lot of people get mad at writers for headlines. Let me just say this, and that, I mentioned that one because of our friend Vic Tafer over at The Athletic. He didn't write the headline, right? Editors write headlines, Okay, so don't get mad at Vic for the headline because he didn't write it. But nonetheless, these headlines are coming out. This story, a week later, continues to draw new coverage. And I understand it to a certain degree, but is this just about boredom too? It's, it's May and June are the worst months in the NFL, in my view. Okay, they just are. Uh, we struggle sometimes with stuff. We try to find different angles for you because the news isn't breaking. But Mo, what do you, what do you, is this one too part of this whole Josh McDaniels? What is this about with Devontae Adams? He's a big name. Is that why the media in the national perspective is jumping on it? Because, hey, if Devontae Adams, a trade for Devontae Adams, that stuff's going to get people to read? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'll just peel back the curtain for Raider fans listening or any football fan listening. This is how it works in the media. When you have a player who's outspoken and he says something, that could be construed in many different ways. Media outlets are going to use that story for content. And I, and, and Bleacher Report is not immune to it. Uh, my colleague Gary Davenport wrote a piece, Devontae Adams and other wide receivers who should pursue a trade. Now, he's not saying that Devontae Adams wanted a trade. He, he made the point that Devontae Adams should want out of Las Vegas. That goes into creating content because people, whether they're angry that you've, that you've written that headline or that piece or, or happy that you want to see Devontae Adams move on, they're going to click on it and read it. They may not even read it, but they're going to click on it. And even if you're a man, say, how could you write this trash piece? Devontae Adams isn't going anywhere. <laughs> the fact that you already clicked on it is all they needed because now right. they got the page view from it. So if you're upset about something, if you want something to go away, I tell the people this all the time on Twitter. If you want certain content to go away, stop clicking on it because yes. – you ranting and raving about it is what drives the clicks and which makes it worse because they're going to continue to write those kinds of pieces because it's getting traction. If yeah. you ignore it, it'll go away because if it, it's not getting clicks, they won't generate the content. But that's what this is. It's just a big name player who had something outspoken to say and media outlets are picking it up, including my employee Bleacher Report. And I get it. 
Yeah, no, it's 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 the business. Uh, and to your point, outrage sells. It used to be back in the old days, sex sells, which it still does. But but outrage sells too. I mean, yeah. look, we talked in the first segment about number four. I mean, look, this 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 stuff they get riled up. And you know what? We've said it a million times on this show, Mo, especially during the season. The media loves Raider Nation angry yeah. or excited mm -hmm. because Raider Nation is huge. People that are, are part of Raider Nation are loyal. They love it. They live every day. We wouldn't be here, right? All the downloads, all the views on YouTube, that's all because you love your team. You're watching us in May, right? And that's because, and so they know that. You know, if you're... If you're a team, like a lesser team that not a lot, you know, if you're the Houston Texans, yeah, Texans have fans, but it's not like Raiders fans. So it makes a bigger headline if you say something about the Raiders. Even Kay Adams on her show was talking about Josh McDaniels and the discontent with Josh McDaniels. Yes, it's there, but they know you're going to watch that because they know you're angry about it. And so so that feeds into it. And I think if you don't want to see it, if, if that's your point of view, is like, I don't want to see it. It's ridiculous. Stop it. You're right. Don't consume it. But we consume it. So if we're going to consume it, it's going to continue. But at the core of it, I, I don't think that, look, there's been no, none of the beat writers other than just reporting on what was said and in a mailbag, which Vic did, none of the reporters have followed up on it because there's nothing really there. Vic also said that, I believe in one of his mailbag responses, he said, um, someone asked straight out, you know, do you see the Raiders trading Devontae Adams? And he basically said, it's not in the cards. No. And, and, and I, I, I'm looking at the piece and I'm looking at, you know, the, the person who posed the question. I'm like, did you read Marin Fader's column? He, he never, <laughs> he never expressed discontent to the point he wants to be traded. No. All he had was a healthy criticism of how things are going. Cause he didn't, obviously he didn't envision it this way. He, he expected to come to Las Vegas, play with his buddy, Derek Carr and to win a lot of football games and hopefully a, a Super Bowl and a championship. Now the Derek Carr thing didn't work out. But his his vision and his objective and his, and, and his goal to bring a Super Bowl to Las Vegas to the Raiders organization has not changed. And he said that to Marin while he had to sit down with her. Yes. And a great interview. If you go back and listen to our good friend Q Myers, I know I mentioned it in the last show, talked about it, too, with her uh, as well. So you can go listen to the interview again. Read or listen first, please. Uh, and by the way, I know we talked about in the last segment, the flex game. The owners did approve that, by the way. Um, limitedly. So we'll see where it goes. And I just worry about fans on that one. So uh, I don't know. But I think, Mo, we get into that period of time now, this May going into June. It's tough. That's why we're going to switch focus on the show here. We're going to get some guests on to talk about some wider subjects. Still focus on the Raiders, of course. But um, I think you just have to look at the media. They're looking for stories, too. It's a big machine. The NFL again, is the biggest entertainment business there is in the world of sports. There just, it just is. I know F1, somebody will argue that, but the NFL in this country is king, okay? And so you have all of these content creators need to create stuff. We tend to not take the explosive side of that. Some publications do. You talked about your employer. I don't think they do it. Do they do it yeah. a little bit? Everybody does. But then there's websites that make a living off it. There's YouTube accounts where every day it's about some sort of shocking thing. But again, you consume it. It's it's like TMZ. It's the same kind of stuff. And I'm not faulting those creators because it works and they make lots of money at it. But I think this Devontae Adams things uh, has it has has its shelf life is is pretty much over. Uh, in, unless something else happens, which I doubt it. 
The other thing I want to talk about, oh, go ahead, Mo, you got something else to say on that one? One quick thing I will say, and the, the Bleacher Report article that went out from my colleague Gary, Gary Davenport wasn't click, clickbait. And I'm not saying that because Bleacher Report is my employer or Gary Davenport is no, my reported the friend and colleague, but it's an opinion piece. Yeah. Gary felt like maybe Devontae Adams should consider going elsewhere. That's his opinion. You can't you can't just say oh he's he's just saying that for clickbait. It's an opinion. It's a case that he built up, and Gary's a great yes. writer, so he made the point that yeah maybe it's time for him to split up because it's not what Devontae Adams expected, and change of plans. But not only that, Mo, you said it on a show uh, probably two months ago, uh, and you said it about Josh Jacobs too, which is like okay, both of these guys in the same boat in this respect. They didn't sign up to be part of a complete teardown rebuild, right? So mm -hmm. if, because they signed on to an offense, well, at least Josh Jacobs hasn't signed on actually, because he hasn't signed his, his, his franchise tag yet. But if you look at Devonte Adams, yeah. If, if they came in and said, yeah, we're going to go Owen 16 this year, Owen 17 this year. Yeah. He wouldn't want to be a part of that. So I think him asking the question in a, an opinion column saying, Hey, if this year, if this year goes off the rails and Jimmy G is a disaster and the team is a disaster, then yes, I could see Devonte Adams saying, Hey guys. Look, I don't know how what we got to do to make this happen, but I didn't sign up. I want to go somewhere and win. Um, I won in Green Bay for a while. I want to go somewhere where I can. But I, I'm not gonna. I, I don't have six years to sit here and wait for you guys to build this. If that's where it went, I'm not saying it will. But so him asking the question was legitimate. It was not feeding into the fodder. I agree with you 100. percent right. And he said that dirt with, with the sit down with Murphy. He said, "I understand where I am age wise." And he's like, I, yeah. "I look back and I see the young guys coming up." He's basically saying, "Look, I'm in a race against time right now." Yes. So while I while I, I don't believe, and Vic said this, a trade will happen this year. Let's revisit this conversation and see what happens after the 2023 season, where Devonta Adams' head is. Absolutely. Whew. Wow. What a week. Anyway. That's gonna that's gonna close out the show, my man. It went by uh, quick as usual, and um, we're gonna be back, of course, on Thursday with the latest. We have some cool guests coming up. We're working on as well to give you some good fodder for the summer, uh, not just rumor mongering, but actual good stuff <laughs> and insight into the league, insight into the history of the Raiders, all sorts of things. Uh, but Mo, as always, my friend, it's great to be with you on the show. Have a great rest of the next couple of days, and we will rejoin you on Thursday. Absolutely. You're probably going to have to do the next show without the jersey, though, because I'm sure the uh, fans <laughs> were like, I, I can't take Scott with that jersey. He's going to have to take that jersey off next time we do Aiden O'Connell, number four. Okay, there you go. Shout out to our new producer, Mike, by the way. He's behind yes, the uh, that's the announcement I was going to say is, by the way, our, our, our former producer, David Stepanian, is not gone. He's going to be a contributor on the content side. Uh, but we have Mike Robier, who is our new producer uh, over at Odyssey, and we are glad to have him on. He's big time. Mm -hmm. he, he does a bunch of shows yeah. here, uh, shows that you would know, including with some some baseball legends. I mean, he does baseball. He does football. He's awesome. We're glad to have him on board. Uh, so thanks and, and welcome to him. All right, Mo, we will see you on Thursday, man. Sounds good. All right. That's going to close out this edition of Silver and Black Today. Again, reminder, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you can get it, wherever you get your audio. Uh, you can check out the free Odyssey app. You can get it on Apple wherever. If you do go on Apple, give us a five-star uh, review up on YouTube because if you do that, Moe's lights stay on. 
right? So so we have this deal with <laughs> Apple where if we don't get reviews, they turn off as no, I'm just kidding. So please do that. And if you're on YouTube, thank you guys for being with us. Always fun in the chat. We appreciate you being there. For our producer, Mike Robier, for Mo Moten, I am Scott Goldbrands, and this has been Silver and Black Today. We'll talk to you guys on Thursday.